and welcome to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens. And uh, it is time for us to review a monster movie. Monster. The, like, like the Monster Mash? Well, you know what? This one actually kind of was a Monster Mash. I mean, there was a actually mash it's of more monsters. of a Monster Mash than... The monster mash really was like nobody was really mashed in this one. Mm-mm. There was some mashing in this the, the the film that we're talking about is Godzilla King of Monsters. Yes, and I did not catch this. I'm, but it was clearly the same company. Godzilla King of Monsters lives in the same universe as King Kong Skull Island. Right, and it's also set in the same universe as the 2014 Godzilla. Like there, this is a, the the only reason I, I, maybe the reason why they can still be a, a shared universe, everybody else that spoke it before it happened, like it was almost like it, it cursed it. It was like a, like a Stephen King novel or something. It would just be like, oh, we're a shared universe. And they were just like, oh, oh, you, you think that, don't you? All right. Tom Cruise is the mummy. Let's, uh, (laughs) let's see you do what you do in a shared universe or like, uh. What was it the the Robin Hood? They were just like, oh yeah, we're gonna have like a John Little movie. Oh, you're a shared universe, are you? Oh, yeah, this is what happens when you share. Boom. <laughs> now the the first Godzilla movie that I am aware of came out in 1954 and uh, was a big big deal. It was wait for it a Japanese film. You can oh you can get it on YouTube or Google Play for two ninety nine if you have not seen it, but it's um it's just the very first of the whole thing. If you're so. if you're deeply into like this type of film, it's worth watching. If you are just kind of somebody that happened to wander into your local multiplex and watched this or maybe uh, Kong Skull Island, it's probably so far removed as far as what you're <laughs> you're used to it i mean it's like somebody trying to go back and watch the original king kong that maybe has only experienced peter jackson's king kong like mm-hmm. the the film when it was released was remarkable it was impressive like it represented the very cutting edge of technology at that point mm-hmm. but it's been a while that's so if you're not taking any of that into account or if you don't have an appreciation for, you know, what came first or this is what, you know, this is the first film that did that. You're just going to be like, that monkey looks dumb. Mm-hmm. That that monkey's not real. Now, note that it's 1954. The film came out. Came out the film came out. And it, it did it, come down. It I did. Believe so, yeah. And it is of Japanese origin. That would be... Um, Nine years after the bomb? It was, uh, let's see, around 40, 44. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's around roundabout. a decade-ish. And so that that affected a lot of filmmakers, of course. And I thought this was an interesting way to look at it. I saw not the original Japanese version. I saw the horrifically, hilariously overdubbed American version, which is the same movie, but in English. Which, as a as an English speaking individual, like I do need some kind of translation. Yes, but oftentimes in these situations, you will have people um, that are maybe not of the same caliber as the actor 
uh, yes. in, in said film. And that's the problem that you run into. It's uh, like if somebody was trying to watch, you know, Jerry Maguire, but in French. Show me the They don't necessarily get Tom Cruise's French equivalent to do the voice work yes. for it. Maybe you're getting, you know, 10 levels down and he's not giving the same performance that maybe Cuba Gooding Jr. or Tom Cruise was giving in Jerry Maguire. And you're just like, why are, why are these American idiots into this movie? This is <laughs> this is awful. You had me at hello. So anyway, uh, point being. That's what I remember of Godzilla and the monster movies and then all that whole genre of film where they were radioactive, nuclear fallout, this and that. They were huge and then they fought and then Godzilla kind of became a good guy. Yeah, I, I think an antihero. I think especially in those films, he was whatever he needed to mm. be. At that particular moment, like sometimes he was the Frankenstein, uh, the Frankenstein's monster. You know, sometimes he was Dracula. Mm -hmm. Like sometime, you know, he was he was Superman. It, it was just there, there wasn't somebody there wasn't an overarching narrative just being like, this is a 10 film series. <laughs> and in the beginning, we Godzilla discovers his his great power, but learns that there must also be response. Like nobody was I, yeah. I think it was just, you know, I, they were. One. You know, atomic uh, technology was very much in its infancy at that time. And people didn't know. I mean, you didn't know what the long terms of uh, effects of it were. You know, could could it mutate a lizard into, you know, a six story giant monster that breathes fire? I don't know. I mean, maybe. Did did we think we were going to be, you know, flying in jets 100 years ago? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. They can do that. You're listening to Parental Guidance Suggested, brought to you by Henson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens, movie reviews. So, I mean, I, I, I think you have to keep in mind that as well. Now, my my first experience with Godzilla and King Kong, I would um, like especially on like Fridays and Saturdays, um, like we when we first got cable. And this is back when cable was a big deal, because like sat satellite, like nobody had like it was, you know, one in every 25 people had satellite and the Maybe. satellite dishes were like the size of your house oh holy cow like they i mean you you would you couldn't mount them on your car mm -hmm. like they would probably tip them but uh tnt uh tbs a lot of your your basic cable options they would have like marathons to fill up that space between you know 10 p.m and 7 a.m and a lot of times those films because they have they've been shown so many times and here's the thing about syndication if you don't know it the, the first time you show something, like if you happen to be the first, uh, I think, NBC nabbed Titanic back in the D day to be the first network to be able to show it, you're going to pay a premium price to show it up front. Now, whenever you get down to like, you know, the 78th time or the 200th time or the 1,000th time, everybody is getting a smaller piece of that pie because the price drops Every time it's shown like it's mm -hmm. it's also the reason why, like the Andy Griffith show at one point was airing like four times a day. It'd been shown pretty much since its inception nonstop. So the the, the original like people that owned it like that, they they were still making money off it, but it had been shown so many times like you're just doing pennies on the dollar to get to show that thing. And a lot of times th that's the same case you had with like the the Godzilla movies. Mm -hmm. And it's not like these things were multi-million dollar like extravaganzas either. They even when they were originally released, a lot of them were very much shot on the cheap. 
Yes, which honestly is what makes them so fun. You might have to be in a frame of mind to watch the original Godzilla et al., but they're fun. I mean, think kind of what, you know, Friday, Friday the 13th or um, Nightmare on Elm Street was during like the 80s and early 90s. Like very small budgets. You've got an audience that wants to see these. But like, you know, you're you're not getting Oscar, you know, caliber talent on it. Like they're not giving you $200 million to make these. But they're like, if we shoot this cheap, we can make a profit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm going to be honest, like as a kid, whenever I would stay up and watch that or I'd go to a friend's house and we'd be like, oh, let's watch the Godzilla marathon or let's watch the 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 monster marathon. You know, we were we were into it. And like, you know, I was, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever I I didn't watch it through the same lens as like, I'm not like, what's the verisimilitude? With, <laughs> I'm just like, holy cow. What's Godzilla feeling? That, that lizard stepped on that building. That was, <laughs> that was so metal. Oh, I bet he's going to do it again. Oh, now he's going to punch that. What is that? A moth? Yeah, punch it. Punch that moth. <laughs> so uh, point being, these were not from any comic book that I'm aware of. They were the invention of the writer, director, producer of the original Godzilla. Yes. I, as far as I, I, know, I don't know yeah. if this was some legend that I, I don't, it was a movie and now everybody knows about Godzilla. So this storyline, having watched the trailers led me to believe that Mothra and or Godzilla or both have some special bond with Millie Bobby Brown's character. Now, a part of me thought she would be riding Mothra, just like a Harry Potter. I think. Yeah, I think you may have informed your own. Yes, like, I formed film. my own opinion. I, <laughs> I, in my mind, I thought that was an aspect of what I was going to see. No, I think these are all. These are like the the animals at the zoo. Like they're wondrous to like mm-hmm. behold. Like. It's amazing to see them in person, but don't don't get on the gorilla's back like at, you know, the the zoo or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a bad idea. It it will probably eat you or uh, punch you. I still was waiting because, you see, she got sniffed by Mothra. I still thought there was some sort of something. Anyway, that did not happen at all. I was totally off the mark with that. So, Spoiler. So, sorry. It doesn't happen. Yeah, Spoiler. It doesn't happen. The thing that I imagined would happen. Didn't Not happen. in the movie. Now, the movie, however, as I just showed, was marketed to those who knew who Millie Bobby Brown is. Those people would not be my sister and her husband. I only recognized one person in the whole movie, that guy that was on that football show. <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, I will I will give uh, Kyle Chandler uh, this. Like, uh, honestly, I don't understand how that guy never got bigger than he did. Like... I'm I'm not I'm not saying that Friday Night Lights the TV show like I mean it was it was a critical darling he's been in films I, like I'm mm-hmm. sure he's not hurting like he's not having to like make you know cut up a you know a hamburger four times and make it into four meals out of the day but I, I really just never felt like this like okay for for example like Discovery seems to be churning through captains right now I would buy Kyle Chandler. As a, as a captain on Star Trek, like he he has leading man looks, and, mm-hmm. and honestly, he's he also has the talent. I, I just I, I guess he never it, the the project never presented itself like that could turn him into a a star. And I mean, I guess he is now, but I mean, like I guess a an A list. I knew him from 
the movie Pure Country, which, as you know, was the debut of country singer George Strait and his, I guess, only movie. And at that time, Kyle Chandler was the the young buck. And then he did a TV show that I want to say was Daily Edition, more early edition, early the edition. The one where, like, the, the, the newspaper... newspaper. The the, the newspaper that. keeps getting dropped off at his house, and it's but it's tomorrow's mm-hmm. newspaper, so they they have knowledge of the future or whatever. Yes, so and he, he Jessica Fletcher's stuff and solves crime. Yeah. yeah, apparently he's he was in the Wolf of Wall Street. I missed that. He is in Catch Twenty Two, which you already talked about, and others. But uh, he was delightful, and I didn't have a problem with any of the cast. The story. I liked the movie, I, but I, th- I didn't. You, you you have to temper your expectations properly. Like it is very much a summer movie. Like, and I don't I don't mean it in a derogatory way. Um, I, I'm not like for the people that are deeply like into monster movies. Like, I'm not trying to like criticize what you're doing in any way. But like, I I didn't find anything exceptional in this movie, but. I still found myself entertained enough by mm-hmm. it. Now, what I noticed in my memory, because I haven't watched the original Godzilla in a long time, but the Godzilla trumpeting, as it were, sounded at least mixed with the original Godzilla sound. It did, like, well, I guess it's it's not, I was going to say the actual, but I was like, it, it's a it's a fictional yes, creation. Yes, um, Godzilla but it, in the wild. It was definitely informed by, like, yes. its predecessors and not not by its 1997 predecessor. Or 1998, I believe. The terrible, terrible Godzilla movie that had Matthew Broderick and <sighs> Hank, Azaria. Hank Azaria in it. Mm-hmm. I had such hopes. Anyway, um, so yeah, I did like it. I mean, a lot of it, it, it's the kind of thing where if you look at it very closely, it's ridiculous. Oh, I mean, there's a there's a lot of really preposterous stuff. Yes. I mean, I, l- listen, the the Avengers Endgame just cleared, what, $800 million, like, domestically? Th- that movie, and, I, I, and this is as a person that, like, owns all of, like, you know, the Blu-rays and DVDs. Like, I, I, was, I was at the opening night of Iron Man. That movie is preposterous. Like it, it, it's all it's all silly if you really start examining it. But it, it's 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 about us kind of finding. You know, w- what are you willing to accept? What world do you want to be in? Um, and if if you really like, you know, big lizards and moths stomping on cities or punching each other, like this, it, it's basically WrestleMania for things that are you know six stories high. They're just they're slamming it into this. They're running it into that. Like you're I, I just belted you with radiation. Now you can breathe blue fire. It's mm-hmm. not none of it is is real, but it doesn't have to be to be entertaining. Now, this also amuses me because it's just so much money, but it just opened. We we are talking a week after it opened and it's debut weekend made. 48 million in North America, 8.4 in Japan, 
70 million in China, a total of 178 million dollars worldwide. And I, which and I think it caught the the reputed cost was like 190 200 million dollars, so somewhere around mm-hmm. that price. Now the last Godzilla movie, which I barely remember, 527 dollars worldwide. Uh, 527 million worldwide. Okay. Well, you just said 527 dollars. Oh, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> that's terrible. Like, yeah, that is. So already they're looking at this as a terrifying disappointment, unless it has legs and makes up the money overseas. Which traditionally films that open in the summer don't get the opportunity to do. They're uh, if you open in you know December twentieth. You're not going to get any major competition in January or February if you're still playing. But if you open on, you know, May 24th or, you know, July 2nd or Mm -hmm. something like that, there is a film probably like a larger budgeted one that's also been heavily marketed that that is going to try to capture your dollars Mm -hmm. like Avatar was able to get as far as it did because of where I mean, it, it also had new technology and stuff like that. But. It opened, like, I want to say December 19th, December 18th. Mm -hmm. So, like, people are like, holy cow, look at that 3D. And there was nothing else to take their attention away from it for months. Well, Well, this one uh, may be not so lucky. However, it is also action-based. And I always feel that action-based films stand a better chance overseas because they can be dubbed. And there isn't a lot of... You're not losing anything. Yeah, in the you get it. Well, okay. Uh, Pacific Rim, the original Pacific Rim that Guillermo del Toro, um, it, it did. It didn't do poorly, but like it just it didn't do what they wanted it to. In mm-hmm. The United States. The reason why it got an eventual sequel was because of the amount of money that it made overseas. For the exact reason that you just said, like there's, I mean, there there are human characters and there's a story in there, but mm-hmm. I mean, for the most part, it's about a large. You know, metal robot punching on like you want to see something that I would like to see in the next Godzilla movie. Bring in bring in the Pacific Rim universe right there. Like let let Idris Elba start like punching on Godzilla, which I think was what what, that was Pacific's Rim's purpose. Any they were like, listen, we don't have the license for any of these other characters. But wouldn't you like it if a big giant robot punched <laughs> a big old lizard in the face or maybe an insect or whatever? And people are like, yeah, yeah, I would. Now, this I find interesting. Rating wise, Rotten Tomatoes gives it 45 percent of a tasty tomato. And then the you, user, the users yeah. give it 47, which I think from all the Rotten Tomato stuff I've read, that almost seems a little harsh on the user's side. I mean, I would expect it a 60-65. I, I think some of the people are also kind of the – it, it's comic book guy. Yes. And I, I think they're – you're touching on something that is near and dear to them. Like, if you're going to make a movie based on a property that's existed for 40 years – like, oh, OK, when when the original Spider-Man came mm-hmm. out in 2002, you had your your, your purists just being like, well, um, he has organic uh, web shooters. And uh, that is <laughs> that is not the way that Stan Lee and Steve Ditko intended it. <laughs> this this is heresy. Uh, I, I, I strike yeah, it. Yeah. Strike it down. Like 
so you need to keep in mind some of those users really may be some of those people that have been watching that original mm-hmm. Godzilla movie for the last and you know 30 annoyed. 40 years whenever and they're just like what what is this bastardization you've just presented in mm-hmm. fr- in front of me like you entered into my fandom this this is mine <laughs> and you decided that you would give this to me like i yeah it's it, and it, like as a a person that is kind of intersected with that culture a lot in their life i mean it it's understandable when you when you touch something like that especially if you start making changes or anything that they're Maybe you, you didn't seem warranted or, or 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 anything like. I don't. I don't think anybody was really like. A, what was it? A, isn't it romantic? Mm-hmm. Nobody was like just hitting on that movie because it it didn't. It, it's not an IP. It doesn't have a pre existing universe. It's not. Re- it was so it's not based on a beloved book series. Like it just. It was what it was as it was released. There's nothing. Previous to ba- it's not based on a television show that, you know, was released in the 60s. And they're just like, well, I, I preferred the original casting. And, and now you've got these new people and they're not the old people. And it makes mm-hmm. me like you don't. It, it's one of the benefits to having a pre-existing IP and also one of the downfalls. Like you've got built in awareness uh, like there have been how many Batman movies released over the year because people know who Batman is. Mm-hmm. Um you, but on on the flip side of that, like you've also had some really good Batman movies that that Batman movie is then going to be compared to. Like if you cast anybody as the Joker, somebody is going to bring up Nicholson, Ledger, like uh, there, there, there are a multitude of people you're going to get compared to. So if Marvel ever decides to recast uh, Iron Man and it's not Robert Downey Jr., that will inevitably them. have a very negative mm-hmm. response more than likely. So, things you probably didn't know. One of the army guys, the one with the freckles, uh, who he didn't die, I don't think. Anyway, he was in the original cast of Hamilton, and he played John Lawrence, and uh, the character that was so delightfully sung and portrayed by actor Anthony Ramos. So, Anna Grace was thrilled, because she's all about Hamilton. And and obviously all of that talent that he used on Hamilton was also on display. Yes. Here. All of it. Here. I wondered I wonder if they had him sing, you know, in between takes. Or what if originally this was intended as a musical? Mm. Until maybe maybe they did some, you know, test test screenings. They're just like, wait, it's a it's a monster movie slash mm. musical? Huh? Mm. Anyway, uh, they also took umbrage with the fact that uh, they thought iced tea was in it. And I said, no, no, that would be discount iced tea. I don't know the gentleman's name, but no, iced tea is not that young anymore. Well, you wouldn't be allowed to have a beard in the army, you know. And I said, well, um, Godzilla hunters, you can. I love that that's the hang up. You're talking about the mutated lizard that spits like radiation fire. You can't have that. But he's like, well, uh, you are unable to have beards while in the uh, the armed services. Uh, This movie is completely uh, unrealistic in every every way. So anyway, um, it was fine. I didn't hate it. I didn't want the two hours of my life back. But I had read some off the chart reviews which surprised me that they were so off the chart and i have heard nothing from those people since but they were talking about this like this was the best movie ever 
made. Well, again, that it's probably one of those people that are kind of just they're bathed and baptized mm-hmm. into the uh, when Universal did Mallrats way back in like 95. They premiered the thing. They did a test screening at the San Diego Comic-Con and people were going. Well, of course they were. Nuts. And they're just like, oh, my goodness. The last time we had a test screening like this, it was Animal House. We're going to be millionaires. And you're not. But uh, as it was. Everybody that wanted to see Mallrats, at least in its, you know, at, at its premiere, was probably at the San Diego Comic-Con that year. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to, that's the reason why you want that four quadrants. Like, if you're not testing it to everybody, you may not be getting an accurate representation of, like, if somebody asked me, what do you think of the last name Cravens? I'm going to be like, it's a great last name. I love that last name. And if, mm-hmm. if they go into the market, assuming that everybody feels that way about that name, you're probably not getting an accurate reading mm, i guess whatever so uh that that's it for godzilla king of the monsters it was fine it was yeah i it was fine i took the kids the kids liked it i mean it as long as your expectations are properly set i i think you will enjoy this movie now it doesn't have clever asides no 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 it's it in that way i found it very much a monster movie it was fine. So, <laughs> anyway, coming up next, this is so exciting, Men in Black International and Shaft. Oh, I forgot to mention, I really, really, really appreciated that they played Godzilla, Blue Oyster Cult song that came out in the 70s. It was a deep cut. They played Go, Go, Godzilla at the end of Godzilla. That's the only song they needed, and they got it, and uh, I was thrilled with that. I would say at this point, you could, like, getting a Blue Oyster Cult song isn't like getting a Rolling Stone. Like, if you want to play, like, you know, uh, like Paint It Black or something mm-hmm. like that, like, you, you could probably get a nice car for the price that you're going to pay yes. for to put that into, like, a television show or movie. But I would say Blue Oyster Cult is probably slightly more affordable. Yeah, I guess. So, I am guessing that... Rocket Man is on your list. Toy Story 4. I can't even. It's just going to make me cry. But the the preview that plays the uh, what is it the God God only knows what I'd do without you like Yeah, the beach boys. Oh, oh my yeah, good. Like that preview, like I was watching it with my kids and I was just like, "Oh, this is an animated film about plastic toys and I'm about to cry." Oh, that's you're oh, you're plucking the heartstring there. Bill Murray and Kylo Ren are in a movie. About the dead don't zombies. die. Yeah. What? Yes. I yeah. I'm in. I, well, really, all you ever have to say to get me to be in on anything is Bill Murray. Is Bill Murray? Yeah. I, I I I I'll stop listening. Like after they're just like so Bill Murray and I'm like I'm in. That's I'm in. I'm in. Wait a minute. Being Frank. Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. Gaffigan's in a movie. That looks hilarious too. And and Dark Phoenix is also yes. oh, yeah, coming next Yeah, that's the one I was week. thinking yeah. of. That is, that's probably what I'll see next. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot that needs to be. Oh, and one that I am very much looking forward to is called Yesterday. And I don't recall. Is that the documentary? New. Okay. No, okay. Uh, there are two films that made me think of each other. Much like Rocket Man makes me think of Bohemian Rhapsody. Yesterday is a song, uh, is a a movie where I don't know what happens to the world, but 
Nobody knows the Beatles ever existed, except this one guy. It's like everybody forgot. And he wants to be a famous songwriter, so he just <laughs> whips out a little strawberry fields. And they're like, this is amazing. I don't know where it's going to go from there, but it seemed to be very amusing. And there's another film coming out similar to that in that the music is all early Springsteen. And it speaks to a young man... I don't know what his ancestry is, but they're immigrants. Maybe they're from India, and I'm sure I've offended whoever he's from because I'm not looking it up right now. But his family is very traditional, and he isn't. And maybe he was born in America, but they want to know why he doesn't want to you know, go for their values. But a friend of his played Springsteen's Born to Run. Maybe it's called Born to Run. And he said it speaks to him. You know, this guy from New Jersey, and so he wants to go to New Jersey. So there's a movie... This year, that you can learn Elton John music, learn Springsteen music, and learn the Beatles, just like you learned Queen. These are all good things. Yeah, I was going to say, based on that recommendation, like, I don't I don't know what the film, wow. like, is. It, I don't know how it actually plays, but based on the soundtrack, it, it's probably worth watching, or at least listening to. Yes, yes, because the, the Bruce Springsteen one, he's coming through customs in, like, 1980-something, and he says, I want to go to wherever in New Jersey to see the best singer-songwriter who has ever lived, Bruce Springsteen. And the guy just stares at him and said, well, that's the best reason to visit these United States and the state of New Jersey. It was funny. Sure. Maybe he didn't sound like that. But whatever. You get what I'm saying? All of a sudden, we're going to be in a glut of movies. And we do which, love that. Which seems to happen every, every I know. Right around this time. Yes, I'll actually have to see some more. Anyway, uh, that's it for now. Thank you for listening. God, Godzilla! Or Godzilla, King of Monsters. King of Monsters. And it's worth saying again, it's fine. <laughs> I think that, that's, that's, that's apropos. Yeah. It's fine. Thanks for listening to Parental Guidance Suggested. I'm Jane Ellen. And I'm Adam Cravens.